Baked beans, a dish of navy beans stewed until richly glazed in a tomato sauce, sweetened with molasses, and commonly salt pork or bacon, is generally associated with New England, as in Boston baked beans. It's been said that the dish comes from Native Americans, but scholars have argued that New England sea captains brought the idea home with them from Africa, where baked beans, called scana, had long been a Sabbath tradition among the North African and Spanish Jews, according to John F. Mariani's Encyclopedia of American Food and Drink. Jubilee, Recipes from Two Centuries of African-American Cooking by Tony Tipton Martin. Welcome to the Loveland Libcast, the official podcast of the Loveland Public Library. Joining me today for this Loveland Cookbook Group episode of the Loveland Libcast, I have our returning co-host for these episodes with me, Ashley Reger, Research and Development Culinary Coordinator for Snooze Restaurants and a freelance writer for Westward. Ashley, as always, welcome back to the Loveland Libcast. Thanks. Hi, Daniel. Hello. (laughs) It's good to see you again, as always, and it's Mm -hmm. good to talk to you again. Before we get into the June cookbook, I want to remind everyone about the potluck for the Loveland Cookbook Group that is coming up on July 23rd. And it will start at noon and go until 2 p.m. This is going to be in the Gertrude Scott Room at the Loveland Public Library. This potluck, we're asking people to come in and bring in something. If you would like, bring in something that you've made from the May, June, or July cookbooks. In May, we talked about half-baked harvest every day. Recipes for a balanced, flexible, feel-good meals by Tegan Gerard. June, this month... And in this episode, we'll be talking about Jubilee, Recipes from Two Centuries of African-American Cooking by Tony Tipton Martin. And then to wrap up this season of the Loveland Cookbook Group, we'll be discussing how-to cocktail recipes and techniques for building the best drinks by America's Test Kitchen. So if you want to make something, one of those three cookbooks and bring it to the potluck, and then folks can share those with each other. Ashley will be there. I'll be there. And Ashley will lead a discussion on those three cookbooks. And so we'll just share food, talk cooking. If you make something from How to Cocktail, please make it (laughs) non-alcoholic. Make make a mocktail, make something else that doesn't have alcohol. But bring those in and it's just going to be a fun time for some community sharing and learning and discussion And this is how the cookbook group will work going forward. So hopefully you all are enjoying listening to these podcasts, taking a peek at these cookbooks, and also picking up those kits when they come out. And then you can come to the potluck. We'll have another one. We are targeting October. And so that will be a new slate of cookbooks. And then you can come to that. And same thing. There's no registration or anything. You can just come in, bring your dish or your drink and non-alcoholic drink. (laughs) and (laughs) share those with your fellow community members and we can talk cooking. Yeah, I'm super excited to try what everyone will bring. I took some ranch cheddar crackers to a picnic from the Half-Baked Harvest book a few days ago and they were an absolute hit. So I'm excited to try what everyone makes from these books. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what people bring and yeah, I'm just, I'm sure those is going to be a lot of tasty things and 
it's just it's fun to share food with people and it'll be fun to see what people pick from these cookbooks to, mm-hmm. to bring in if there's a lot of snacks there i won't complain that sounds delicious mm-hmm. to me <laughs> right and no pressure to if you don't get a chance to cook please feel free to still come and enjoy the conversation and the other tasty foods that will be there. Absolutely. Yeah. We just want people to come in and have fun and talk cooking and enjoy some community together. Thanks for making that note, Ashley, because that's definitely (laughs) (laughs) what we're going for. So for this month, for the June cookbook, we have chosen Jubilee Recipes from Two Centuries of African-American Cooking by Tony Tipton Martin. And Ashley, would you go ahead and let people know why we chose this cookbook for June. Yeah. So Jubilee is a standout in the cookbook world, especially within the last couple of years, not only because of its excellence in the recipes themselves, but especially to the attention we've been paying to Black culture and uplifting Black restaurant owners, recipe creators, business owners in general. So I think this is a really wonderful cookbook to celebrate for Juneteenth. Tony Tipton Martin is a well-known cookbook author in all spaces. She came out with the Jemima Code, which was her, I think her taking off moment in the world. So the Jemima Code is a cookbook slash all-around history book when it comes to African-American cooking throughout the last two centuries. And Jubilee is just an extension of that, I think, with a little bit more focus on the food and recipes themselves. So what I really, really enjoy about this cookbook is the sense of joyous history woven throughout the book. She makes it a point to really thoughtfully explore these dishes and acknowledge their history and acknowledge the way that they have developed in our country from slaves cooking them or like we heard in the intro of this episode, influence from African countries and sailors bringing the recipes over, et cetera. So I think that this is a really special cookbook. And something else that I really like is that in each recipe, she'll have this long, really well-researched recipe. And then she'll also have a little excerpt from an old cookbook of like, for example, there's this Aunt Jemima's lemon pie. And it's literally probably a hundred words of, you know, how people used to cook. So it's like beat together the eggs, sugar, flour, milk, butter, baking powder, cook until done, and then eat. (laughs) (laughs) So you get to see a little bit of like what these recipes started out as or how they were written, you know, 50 years ago, a hundred years ago, and then a very tested modern version of it for today. Does Tony Tipton Martin, does she, if you're not familiar with her, her cookbooks, when you read them, are you kind of getting more of a historical storytelling perspective than, than a typical cookbook might, might give you? I know that some, some cookbooks and recipes that people tell their story, (laughs) but this Mm -hmm. sounds like it's, it's, it's more about the story of really of, of the food and the flavors and and ingredients. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. So it's not quite like your typical cookbook that you'll see. So, for example, last month we looked at Half-Baked Harvest. Tegan Gerard is such a wonderful recipe developer, but she just brings her own perspective. And t- Tony Tipton Martin really focuses on the historical aspect of it and the research that goes into 
behind it. So it's very evident, even from page to page, there might be a quarter of a page of research, but it's so packed tight that you get a really good feel for like, oh, wow, this is not just any lemon meringue pie I'm making. This is something that has been made in our country by especially African-Americans and Black people for many, many, many years. And were there any other recipes that stood out to you as you're going through it? Yes, I have a couple others that I'm really excited to make. So we'll talk a little bit more about our featured recipe in a little bit. But some other recipes I'm excited about are the sweet potato bread, the fruit fritters, which if you could see this picture, it looks so good. Like it looks like the perfect Sunday morning. And then I actually spotted this one a little bit earlier today. I have never heard of this before, but it's mock shoe and it's spelled M-A-Q-U-E-C-H-O-U-X and pronounced mock shoe from what I can tell looking it up on the internet. And it's fried corn with green peppers. And that just looks like a really, really good summer dish. Like I would love to make that this weekend along with these black beans that are our featured recipes. Those look like such a good summer side. And yeah, it looks a little bit like the mixture of a creamed corn, but with some peppers added. So a little bit like more interesting than just the normal creamed corn. That does sound really delicious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And speaking of our featured dish, what we have chosen for this month's cookbook kit, and this will come out on June 9th. And this episode is going to come out on June 6th. So you all will be able to hear this before the kits come out on June 9th. And we are going to have kits for baked barbecue beans. And inside that kit, there will be molasses, liquid hickory smoke, and red pepper flakes, as well as the recipe for that. And I believe one of the ingredients is bacon, but I was even looking at this and being like, I could probably just leave out the bacon and because yeah. this sounds this sounds really good. A hundred percent. I think you could definitely leave out the bacon if you're if you don't like to eat meat. I would maybe consider if you would like, definitely optional, but you could always substitute the bacon for something like a shiitake mushroom, which will give you a little bit of umami and a little bit of like different texture without the the pork. And then I also have another note that I want to talk about that I'm passionate about. So you might've heard that our uh, kit will include liquid hickory smoke. So this often gets a really bad rap of being like, oh, fake smoke. But I think liquid hickory smoke does have its place. And so give it a chance before you, you diss it because liquid hickory smoke is actually made through a smoking process. It's not an artificial flavor. It's not, it's not even like, a natural flavor, you know, something that is still made in a lab, but somehow naturally, it is actually done through a smoking process. It's like smoked water. So liquid hickory smoke, I think is is a fun ingredient to use and explore. So I think this is a good recipe to kind of highlight that ingredient and maybe disprove some rumors. I'm excited that we selected that as one of the ingredients because kind of like our conversation last time, Barbecue baked beans, if you have a way to really pep them up or just have this kind of twist on them that people will be like, whoa, I've never quite had that. That's one of those things. If you have that in your your cooking repertoire, (laughs) you can really just surprise people or, you know, bring something that's is different in a a very exceptional way. Totally. 
I think baked beans are one of those sides like at a 4th of July barbecue that, you know, you have to have. They're good. They often come out of a can. But a good barbecue baked bean or a baked bean is so delicious. And like you can be the person on the block with the best baked bean recipe. After this. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that rundown of Jubilee recipes from two centuries of African-American cooking by Tony Tipton, Martin, Ashley, and our kits again, they will be debuting on June 9th and going forward. People can always look forward to our kits coming out on the second Thursday of that month with the featured recipe. And you can listen to the podcast episode where we talk about the cookbook that that, that recipe came from. And we have our, I think I would like to just call this segment, Ask Ashley. And <laughs> we might we might have to come up with a theme song or so, something <laughs> oh, where, where we can have it in here. But I didn't receive any questions this time around. But folks at home or wherever you're listening to this, Feel free, if you do have a cooking or baking question for Ashley, I'll pass it along to her. And if she's got a good answer for you, we will talk about it on the podcast. And if you try one of these cookbooks, it could be a question about that. It could be a question about whatever <laughs> you, you might come up with related to the cookbook group or just cooking or baking. I'll pass it along to Ashley and she will give you the best answer that she can. And if you do want to send that in, folks, my email address is at the end of each episode, but also just to let you know now, it's my name, daniel.tate at cityofloveland.org, and that's D-A-N-I-E-L dot T-A-T-E, T as in Tom, at cityofloveland.org. So Ashley, I wanted to ask you, do you have any tips or recommendations about high-altitude baking, which this made me think of it from our first our first kits that had the Dory Greenspan's World Peace cookies. And I think high altitude baking came up a little bit. So I just want to know if you had any tips or recommendations for folks. Yeah. So this is actually a, a hot topic when we did our community Zoom call about this in the early days of this cookbook club. A lot of people were asking about high altitude baking, specifically around those cookies. We found that the dough turned out to be a little bit dry and crumbly. And we were kind of talking about how our altitude affects that. So I will start off by saying high altitude baking is like, if baking is a science, high altitude baking is like a step above. So to give you a resource for you to check out, King Arthur is my first step whenever I have questions about baking. King Arthur has an entire guide for how you should interact with cakes recipes, cookies recipes, breads recipes, any sort of baking recipes exactly even how you should change your leavening at your certain altitude for the recipe that you're doing so they are absolute experts in this topic but where i start as someone who bakes a lot at home and has a little bit of of knowledge behind me is i always increase my flour a little bit this is specifically for more quick bread and cake and cookie style recipes. So the recipes that are a little bit more foolproof are not quite as delicate. And when I say delicate, I'm talking about recipes like some breads can be very finicky about their ratios. Things like macarons, things like meringues can be a little bit more finicky. But things like cakes, cookies, 
quick breads, pies, the things that we typically do at home, you can follow these tips. So I like to increase my flour a little bit. This will help add more structure to our baked good. What we're trying to do at high altitude is provide more structure and set the structure more quickly. Specifically, when we're talking about something like a cake, the chemical leaveners that we're using, like baking soda, baking powder, start to work too effectively at high altitudes because we have lower pressure. Those leaveners just do their job so well, which can be counterintuitive for our recipes. The leaveners give us so much rise so quickly in the oven that we need to provide structure via protein in our flour, more binding in our flour. So that's why we increase flour. You can also increase your oven temperature just slightly, five to 10 degrees to start with, if it's the first time you're making that recipe. This will help set the structure of your baked good more quickly. What this means is that when that leavener starts to work with a higher temperature in your oven, your flour is also starting to coagulate. The proteins in the flour is starting to coagulate. So it can hold that structure that the leavener is providing without falling or just letting the, the rice go. With the higher oven temperature, you may also want to decrease your cooking time because while we're trying to set our structures more quickly by raising our oven temperature, we're not trying to burn the tops. And then you can also, along that same vein, is decrease the leavening slightly. So this means if you have a teaspoon of baking soda doing a scant teaspoon, I always recommend if it's your first time making the recipe, make small changes or don't make any changes. See how it goes the first time and then adjust as you might feel necessary. Like I said, King Arthur has the comprehensive guide for this, but you don't generally need to take every high altitude step. So if we were to take every step, we would increase our oven temperature, decrease cooking time, increase flour, decrease leavening, increase water, increase sugar, like it would be completely changing the dignity of the recipe. So that's why I say, usually if you try it first, you can judge the severity of the actions you need to take. So if I have a cake that falls a lot, I'm going to, first, I like to increase my flour and decrease my leavening before I mess with my oven temperatures, but you might find that you prefer to do it another way. It is a science, but it's also, since we're doing it at home, it's a try and see how it works. And over time, you develop a sense for, for what you'll need to do. Thank you for that. That that makes sense is that you, if you follow it the first time, knowing that you're kind of creating a kind of a control group, I guess, just or an example of how it's going to work. And maybe it does work and <laughs> you don't have to do anything. But then when or if it doesn't work, then you can start making those decisions about what you're increasing or decreasing or oven temperature. Yeah. Can I admit something to you? Absolutely. <laughs> I really don't take these steps very often. I usually bake the recipe as it's written. I might be a bad high altitude baker, but I usually just don't. And it turns out okay. Sometimes my <laughs> cupcakes fall a little bit and then I just put frosting on it and it's really okay. Between stressing yourself out about baking and just baking, I think it's better to just get a delicious product. And that might not be the prettiest, yeah. but that's okay. Sometimes it's just more frosting and everyone likes that. 
exactly. <laughs> and I are those tips from King Arthur? Is that all online? It is all online. So okay. you can Google King Arthur High Altitude. I can also send you the link so we can put it in. Yeah, I, I will put that link in the in the show notes in the show description mm-hmm. for everyone. Well, thank you, Ashley. I, I certainly learned a lot. And uh, we also have exciting news because for our next podcast episode, we are going to have a very special guest who used to work at America's Test Kitchen. Grace Kelly is going to join us to talk about how to cocktail. And so, folks, this is your opportunity. If you have a question for someone who worked at America's Test Kitchen, please send them in and I will pass them along to see if we can answer those on the podcast. So that's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley, as always, you've done a wonderful job finding a, <laughs> a great guest for us. And we're we're really looking forward to having Grace join us for the podcast. Yeah. Grace Kelly, she is based in Providence, Rhode Island. She's a wonderful, wonderful writer. She has a newsletter that she puts out regularly. She's wonderful to follow on Instagram. We'll provide all of her resources that you can, where you can find her uh, next month when we introduce her. But she worked at America's Test Kitchen on the reviews team. America's Test Kitchen is well known for its reviews. Uh, if you ever are looking for the best food processor, the best whisk, the best immersion blender, whatever. America's Test Kitchen has definitely tested it and picked the best. So she helped on the reviews team. So if you have any questions specifically about kitchen equipment, what you should have in your kitchen, how to cook, you know, she is she is an expert on that. So she, like we said, worked at America's Test Kitchen. She will now be at Serious Eats, which is an equally giant contributor to the food world. Serious Eats is such an awesome resource. They also have really incredible resources and reviews for their products. So they're all like, honestly, those two are my first stops when I'm looking for, you know, what I need to buy next. Yeah, this is this is really exciting. Very awesome. Get those questions in. You can send them to my email and I will pass those along. If you have a question for Ashley, a question for Grace, Send those to my email and I'll pass those along and we'll see if we can get those answered on the next episode. But be really fun to talk to her about how to cocktail and learn about her experience there. Really looking forward to it. Very exciting. So little sneak preview of, of what's coming up on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And that and that that episode will come out early July. We're gonna have these episodes timed either with the 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 cooking kits on the second Thursday or a, a couple days before. So that's when folks can look forward to hearing this. And then we like to talk about on these episodes. Have you tried any recipes lately that you loved, Ashley, or any tweaks to things that worked out that you want to share? Yeah, this week I made the half-baked harvest snack cheddar and ranch crackers, which were really good. But I think the highlight of my my month has been making some brownies out of Allison Reedy's new cookbook, 50 Things to Bake Before You Die. Allison Reedy is a local cookbook author, and I actually had the pleasure of writing about her for Westward last week. And so I made her her brownie recipe from the cookbook she put out. And oh my gosh, it is so good. <laughs> they're so chewy and fuzzy. Oh, they're really good. Yeah, I remember. Didn't didn't Molly mention mention her in that episode? Okay, great. Uh, and yeah. I will I will link that as well that that book 
in the show notes mm-hmm. that. Now I want brownies. So. <laughs> They're so good. I put s'mores bits in there, like the instead of chocolate chips, you can get like s'mores mix. Ah. Yeah, that sounds really good. (laughs) If people bring that to the potluck, I won't be mad. (laughs) And I I wanted to mention a local Loveland restaurant that I believe it it opened up fairly recently. It's called The Meat Revolution, and it's downtown off of Lincoln. And I don't eat meat, so I didn't know if The Meat Revolution was somewhere where I would be eating very often. But I discovered that they have very delicious falafel. So I just wanted to PSA for all of you Loveland folks like me, the Meat Revolution, even if you don't eat meat, they have really good falafel. So shout out to them. Mm. And that was that was really tasty. So I'm sure I will be eating more of that. And before we wrap things up, I also wanted to find out, Ashley, are you reading anything or watching or listening to anything that you want to talk about? Yeah, I'm in the middle of The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. And that has been a really great book. I've had it recommended to me many times, heard about it on many podcasts. It's the subtitle of the book is The Power of Radical Self-Love. So it's a lot about like body positivity and overall like mental well-being and and, um, learning to be comfortable and love who you are. So that's been like a little uplift in my in my week. Yeah, that sounds really good. And I will be reading soon. I talked about this last time, reading Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. And I will be reading the sequel to that. It's a duology. The sequel is called Crooked Kingdom. And there's a podcast episode that came out where myself and some of our Loveland teen librarians, we talked about Six of Crows. We all really liked it. So we just decided, hey, let's read the the next one in the series and do another episode about that. So I will be reading Crooked Kingdom. And uh, if it's as fun as Six of Crows, I know that I will enjoy it. And there'll be a podcast episode about that coming out in July as well. Cool. I have the Six of Crows because you spoke so highly of it on my my whole list. So I'm excited to read it when it's right. available. Yeah, I, I think you'll like it. It's it's a good fantasy caper. It's it's pretty fun. And the whole we 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 talked about there's this whole Grisha verse is like the, the world it's set in and it's it's mm-hmm. pretty it's pretty cool and it apparently teens love it. So <laughs> uh, awesome. yeah, it's it's a really popular one and now I know why. Well, Ashley, thank you for being on another Loveland Cookbook Group episode of the Loveland Libcast with me. Always love to have these episodes and to learn about these cookbooks with you and all the cool things going on in the world of food and cooking. So thank you again for for being on this with us. Thanks. It's a pleasure. And we will talk to you all next month with our July cookbook which is How to Cocktail by America's Test Kitchen. And we will have our special guest, Grace Kelly, joining us, who worked at America's Test Kitchen and now works at Serious Eats. So if you've got a question, feel free to send it in, daniel.tate at cityofloveland.org, and we'll see if we can get that answered on the next podcast episode. Ashley, thank you again for stopping by, and I will talk to you all later. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Loveland Libcast. 
If you'd like to contact us about the podcast, please reach out to Daniel at daniel.tate at cityofloveland.org. That's D-A-N-I-E-L dot T-A-T-E at cityofloveland.org. See you next time.